Hi, everyone, and welcome to Eon's first Future Health podcast, where we talk about health optimization, longevity medicine, and really get into what you need to know about healthcare in that space in Canada. Today, I've got our medical director, Dr. Jonathan Bastian, with me. And I'm just going to open it up, Dr. Bastian, with sure. a question on what is longevity medicine? Sure. Great question. Um, longevity medicine is really um, a brand new and evolving field uh, that is really focused on how to slow down aging on a cellular level. Um, and it can incorporate really basic things like how to optimize your uh, diet, nutrition, and sleep. Um, and then certainly more exciting fields about uh, different supplements, nutrients, medications, um, technologies that can actually help uh, either slow and then sometimes even reverse some of those aging processes. That's a great explanation. I appreciate it. I want to know why I should care because I hear all the time about functional medicine, um, personalized medicine, precision medicine. Like, why should I care about future longevity medicine? Sure. So I'll start by saying that, like, this field is really in its infancy. Mm -hmm. And the amount of like money and technology that is like being applied to it means that the studies that we're looking at today uh, and the treatments that we have today are not the treatments we're going to have in 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, and I think by really focusing on how you can optimize your body today, that sets you up for success, especially as some of these technologies and research develop um, to put you in the best opportunity for health optimization in the future. Because most of us have issues already. I totally. mean, that's the reality, yeah. right? Of course, yeah. So what sorts of things do you see coming through our door? Um, what kind of problems do you tend to tackle? It's not just what problems we come in today, but what problems are we trying to prevent tomorrow? Right? Good point, yes. So you, when we think about what E.ON does, our focus is really on um, evidence-based and evidence-informed treatments and technologies that we can apply today to give you the best healthcare possible, okay? So when we think about our philosophy, really it comes down to a few key components, okay? We want to address health at a cellular level, get your, um, the, you, you know, your, your systems that are working within the cell optimized. We want to look at your hormonal health to make sure that your hormones that act as the signaling system between cells optimized. And then we want to look at your system health, right? So whether that's your gut health, your brain health, your cardiovascular health, um, and get those optimized as well. So people may walk through and they might have one issue related to gut or weight or hormones. But really, if you're trying to treat the whole patient and give them great success for health optimization, both today and into the future, you need kind of like a framework to work around to get there. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm certainly your like perfect patient. I mean, in fact, it's 100% why we have Eon here is because I haven't had the best health. I started with a health assessment. Um, maybe share a little bit about that and, and why, what kind of information you need um, and why, why sure. we always start at that health assessment. Yeah, of course. So, you know... Maybe I'll even just back it up one step further. When we're thinking about like conventional medicine, 
they're really good at treating patients once they already have an issue, right? Yeah. Um, there's great evidence for it. It's the way the system's built, okay? If you are trying to really get at the root of the problem and also focus on health optimization, um, you need a much broader base of understanding. So our initial health intake always starts with um, a conversation with, with one of our uh, physicians, follows up with a detailed lab assessment, including like a 3D body scan and a strength test, because that really sets the foundation for where you're at today. Okay. Mm -hmm. You then do a detailed intake with one of our naturopathic doctors um, and they cover, uncover so many things in like a very detailed hour long intake. Um, and then by the time that they get to the physician after that, again, you know, you've got a really clear understanding of what the patients are, um, of who they are, what their issues are, what drives them. Um, and then you have a very clear pathway um, to understand which levers you can pull on to give them the greatest benefit in the shortest amount of time. Yeah, I mean, that's, was it, like you mentioned, let's back it up and talk about the conventional system. And I know we're both big fans because you still work in urgent care. Yeah. Um, a lot of us have had family members um, work in some of the great centers we have in Canada or been in emergency for umpteen things and it's top-notch care. But it's really not focused on prevention, it's focused on treating disease. Totally, yeah. And so, you know, if we want to avoid being in that conventional system, we really have to take the steps that you're talking about and understand yeah, the little things that are bugging us right now um, and what they might turn into in the future, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, the... I'll say this again, our whole framework around how medicine has been structured, everything from the research that we do to how that information gets disseminated to, to patients, uh, physicians and patients alike, is all based on reactionary care. Once you have a disease, how do you treat that disease? Okay. Mm -hmm. If you really want to be preventative and sort of proactive about your own health, um, Conventional medicine is a great starting point, but it may not be sufficient um, to really take you to the ne that next level. Uh, and I think that our process is quite diligent at, uh, at picking out the pieces of, of evidence and information, which is like critical to your health, um, and then applying it in a very systematic and evidence-based way to get you there. You know, So just as a simple example, right? Um, we know vitamin D is critical for immune health. We know that appropriate levels of vitamin D can decrease your risk of Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, different types of cancers, okay? We know there's a general sentiment that you should take it, um, but we never test for it. And unless you test for it and understand how you absorb it, you know, wh whether or not you need more or less, mm -hmm. um, you're sort of left shooting in the dark. Uh, and while that's a great place to start, it's not necessarily the most optimal way to go. And I think we've really done a good job combining supplements and lifestyle interventions with medications, pharmaceuticals. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like, especially as a medical doctor working in a co-care model? So I think perhaps the most 
enlightening thing is actually when I sort of, it, let me back this up. Emergency medicine is like the most conventional care model ever, okay? <laughs> you don't want, if you're having a heart attack or a stroke, you don't want a physician coming to your clinic and be like, well, you know, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do that. No, you, you want a physician who's like, look, we, you, we need to give you these different types of anticoagulants. We need to call cardiology right away. We need to get you to the cath lab, right? So most of conventional medicine follows into that category, okay? But what that limits you to is you, it limits you to evidence that is really focused around very strict medications, right? And when you bridge past that, which is what I did when I sort of transferred here to Eon, you get a clear understanding that um, naturopathic doctors have a very different lens in terms of preventative care, but it doesn't let, mean that it's it's less evidence based. Um, it just means that it's you know their 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 lens for which they view care is is in a slightly different role. And of course, my my overall impression is uh, there's room for both. Right. And there you probably should have both in most in most patients. And and why? Why should you have both, really? Well, I think when you're talking about. They're just molecules, right? These are things that help your body function at the cellular level. Right. And 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have the same evidence for vitamin D or omega three or creatine, like standard, extremely evidence based treatment options that have minimal side effect and really great upside, okay? We didn't have that. And some of that stigma, I think, is sort of carried through to today. But on the flip side, there's a wealth of evidence and research that's been coming in to support these. Um, and I think one of the things that makes our clinic unique is really just the fact that I think we've probably adopted those maybe earlier than, than other physicians well, but I suspect just given the quantity of research that's come out, um, we're going to see more and more of that within the conventional field as well. And I mean, there's there's new longevity molecules showing up all the time. How are you incorporating some of that new research into what we're doing here yeah. in Canada? Because we're all, you know, in Canada, we seem to be kind of slow to the yeah, table totally. a lot of times. Yeah. Look, the, the nuance of this is there's a ton of things that are exciting about longevity medicine, and there's a ton of things that are um, carry promise. How do you differentiate those things that um, carry promise but don't have any literature at all uh, versus the things that you think might really have some, some benefit and perhaps have evidence that's a little bit further down the, the, the road? So I love the idea of incorporating technology and incorporating supplements and longevity molecules uh, into our programs. But I think the key is to really focus on things that we have strong evidence for, uh, things that have very little downside, um, and then also things that we think are going to leverage your health the most. Well, we have a pretty robust program mm -hmm. when people come into the facility and it's very unlike what most have ever seen because we leverage some of the technology you're talking about. Can you share a little bit about how you're putting those programs together for the patients that come through? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the each patient is a complete individual and, and so every program is unique. But f l let me give you an example. So we know that exercise is is critical to our health, 
we know that we lose one to percent, one to two percent of our muscle mass starting at age 50. And over time, as that compounds, that is the thing that eventually leads us to have a, um, you know, weak, weakness in our balance, have a fall, uh, end up with a hip fracture, those kind of things down the pipeline. And so one of the things that we use is called the ARX machine. It's focused on adaptive resistance training. Um, and it essentially allows, allows you to, to push to failure on both your concentric and eccentric loading, um, which really just means that you're, you're, you create muscle more quickly. Mm -hmm. And when you are focused on either weight loss or strength or optimization, that's such a critical part of your, of your health plan. Um, and if you can kind of understand how that technology, which you're not going to find in a gym, you're not going to find in a you know, a physician's office um, can help with your care to health optimization. You can extrapolate that to a few of our other treatments. Um, you can quickly see that the treatment programs end up being, um, I think, quite robust. Yeah. And we have, uh, in addition to that, some of these call it recovery or performance supporting technologies, right? So some balancer pro, lymphatic drainage, red light therapies. Um, therapies for stress management. For sure. What are your, some, what's your favorite technology on the recovery side? Sure. Yeah. I mean, my, I love the sauna. I, I feel that's like, right. yeah. Yes. I, you know, I think that's another great example because the sauna's got tremendous evidence. Most of it's from Finnish wet saunas that we sort of transferred over. Um, and what they noticed is that, is that amongst the, that population, their risk of heart disease, heart attack, and stroke was lower. Um, and after doing a really deep dive into sort of what might be causing that, what they found was that um, sauna is actually just a huge part of their culture. Like they're in it, many, many of those patients are going to be in it many times a day or many times a week at least. Um, and when you go into a, into a sauna of any kind, especially if it gets hot enough, you activate these proteins called heat shock proteins. Um, those heat shock proteins help to stabilize the plaque in your, in your um, arteries, which then prevent a heart attack from occurring. So, you know, that's the, that's the, the evidence that like, and, it, and it's a dramatic improvement. Like, like if you go, the evidence suggests that if you're in a sauna four times a week or more, you can decrease your risk of heart attack by 52 to 56%. And that's just on the, the cardiovascular profile. It doesn't, it doesn't address the fact that it helps you sleep better. It doesn't address the fact that it um, improves your, your stress and anxiety. And so again, it's like just one more piece of um, technology when you incorporate it as a whole, uh, you can begin to see how these things begin to layer on top of each other. And you can really reach um, a level of health that I think is hard to do with sort of a regular um, gym or a regular clinic. Absolutely. And it was set up for the professional um, or the time crunched individuals, right? Because yeah, these are sure. these are short exercises. It's 15 minutes on the ARX. It's eight minutes on a Carol bike. It's 20 minutes, you know, to 30 minutes in a sauna or 45 minutes in a balancer pro. So mm -hmm. people can absolutely fit this into their day and then keep going. And so there's quite a bit that people can do outside of our clinic as well. Um, I know we give recommendations, nutritional support. Can you share a little bit about some of the things that you've really seen working in and out of the facility for people on the program? Yeah, of course. So 
let's talk about nutrition because I think that was important. The evidence really suggests that it does not like the reason that we don't have a great uh, structure for nutrition is because the evidence is out on which diet is the best. Thank right? you. Yeah, there right, is yeah. no magic bullet. There's no is magic there? bullet. But what we do know is that any kind of if you're trying to lose weight, any kind of restriction that you can actually maintain is the key, right? right? So instead of handing you a vegan diet or a carnivore diet or a, you know, keto diet, something that is, they all have merits in their own way uh, and they can all be used as long as you understand the risks and benefits. The diet that is going to fit your lifestyle is going to be the one that gives you the best results. And so if you can incorporate those things, which we do with our virtual nutritionists, um, some of the supplements that we use, things like that, um, that can have a huge impact on your overall life. And then second to that, like, yeah, I get it. You know, I'm getting down to a clinic to work out. If you live on the other side of town, it can be really hard. So we've set up uh, different programs that you can actually do remotely that are completely personalized for you. Um, that again, uh, I think with enough encouragement and a little bit of um, accountability can make a huge difference to to your overall uh, strength and functional muscular health. I'll we'll call it that. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask you this one because um, it's near and dear to me. But when we first uh, opened Eon, I thought, oh, this is going to be a hit with the baby boomers, mm -hmm. right? Because they're at that age where they have time to invest in their health. They want to stay as healthy and vital as as long as possible. Mm -hmm. But the people who ended up really jumping on, on the on our approach were younger. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think it's because, you know, people my age, people your age, we were listening to the podcasts, we're following the new research. We want to do, we kind of know like what worked before and didn't give us good results isn't going to magically just start working again. Mm -hmm. So we've ended up seeing a lot of people like me who are at that tipping point of, well, I'm not that old. Uh, I'm not in menopause and need all this help, but I don't feel the same as I used to. Yeah. And so I've really appreciated our approach to hormones. Sure. And yeah. I don't feel like we can leave the conversation today without talking about hormones. Yeah, of course. Um, but tell us a bit about how important it is to maintain good hormone optimization um, for for life. Man, we're going to need like another two hours to go to do <laughs> this in detail. Uh, Just the sound bites. Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. Let, let me let me sort of give you just an understanding of this. So, uh, up until the early 1900s, our life expectancy was 50 years. That was the average, um, and our bodies are really not generated to live forever, right? We're we're evolutionarily, it's to it's to procreate, and then and then after that, sort of whatever happens happens, right? So, you know, when we're talking about our, our hormone health, you see this natural decline, right? And I think it's, of course, it's, it's stark in women. Um, and I think the treatment for, for perimenopause and menopause is critical to, to um, everything from bone health to improved Alzheimer's outcomes to improve cardiovascular health to not to mention managing the actual symptoms of perimenopause and menopause, right? Um, but it's also present in men. 
And so, you know, you see this sort of very gradual decline of, of testosterone as it, as it happens. And that leads to a lot of things too, right? Like you, you have, it can be associated with low mood. It can be associated with uh, weak bones. It can be associated with, um, you know, decreased sexual health, worsening libido, weaker erections. All of those things on both the male and the female side um, are important, not for just how you feel today, but also set you up for success, how you're going to feel 10, 20, 30 years from now. And so I think, you know, I, th I think that hormones are a critical piece of this, of this whole puzzle. Right. Um, but I also want to be careful of saying like, look, there's also a lot of other things that, that overlay on top of hormones that can affect them. Right. If you're, if you're chronically stressed and you're not sleeping in men and in women, your testosterone goes down. Right. Right. Um, and so you have to address if your vitamin D is really low, it's going to affect your testosterone as well. Um, and then, of course, like your that this isn't even touching on cortisol and thyroid and, and insulin. But needless to say, it's a really important part in terms of managing health at that cellular level and at that hormonal level, which then gives you like the overarching thing for each functional organ and then ultimately like your functional health overall. Yeah, we're definitely doing another podcast on, <laughs> on hormones. Yeah. We could probably do one just on testosterone because totally. I know yeah. everyone listening out there was like, oh, it affects libido. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know more. So we'll pause on that one. But I guess just maybe to, to wrap us up a little bit, um, what's, what's the, the best time to come see us in life? Like when, <laughs> wh when do you want to start seeing a patient? When can you have the highest impact on their lives, on their, their future health? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, look, at every point, how you start today sets you up for success how you start how you are five or ten years down the road so if we can get you into a your healthiest system at 30 that sets you up for how you feel at 40. i mean sets you up for 40 it's 50 right now i do think there's some critical years between um you know, 40 and let's say 55 to 60 for women, especially because that's when we want to, we want to catch you at a time where we can look at some of those hormonal pieces in more detail. Um, but I also think that, you know, if my, if uh, that for some of the most critical functions, it can be, it can be anywhere in your mid thirties up until your mid eighties. I mean, it really just depends on where you start, but I do think that the key is to start because then you can get your baseline. You have a clear understanding of what of what you need, how things look today, um, which also gives you some metrics to follow along with uh, to see how things change over time. A hundred percent. I mean, I love that. You just need to start. Yeah. And we invest so much in everything else and so little in our health, because as long as it feels okay, probably not paying that much attention to it. Mm -hmm. Are there any like signs to watch for that you like to, to remind people of? <sighs> yeah, I think as opposed to diving into individual signs, here's what I would say. Okay. Just because you go to your family physician and your labs check out, but you're feeling kind of crummy, or just because um, you're making it by, does not mean that you're, it's as good as it could be. And, and I feel like what we're discovering with, uh, especially some of our new treatments, like our gut health program, like we've had so many people who are just living with 
chronic diarrhea or constipation or bloating, uh, and they just assume that it's a normal part of living. So I think as opposed to just going under the assumption that that is like a normal thing and you just have to like grit down and, and bear it forever, uh, I definitely think it's worth getting some baseline testing to see if there's anything that can help tweak whatever it is um, that's, you know, causing that, causing you to feel maybe not 100%. And I'll do that extra call out for women because we are notorious for looking after the family. And yeah, for sure. I mean, I we've been told for years that the hot flashes are fine. It's just part of aging and that the sleepless nights and oh, the extra anxiety, that's, that's just part of the aging process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the crazy thing is we can fix that. We can support that. We don't have to live with that anymore. And I'm constantly telling all my friends, this is normal isn't normal. Like, don't settle for normal, go for optimized. Totally, totally. And, and like, it's not just the symptoms, like those symptoms are horrible and debilitating. And, you know, they those suck. I'm gonna get that. Mm -hmm. But also, like, if you catch your health uh, at the right window, some of that hormone health, like, those are those are critical years to start implementing things. Um, because it really has a huge impact on your long-term health. Uh, so yeah, I mean, coming back to this, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for uh, not just hormone health, but also, you know, getting a full assessment done and getting a clear understanding of, of where you sit. 100%. And we have a lot more to talk about. Um, really appreciate you taking the time today and, you know, open to questions. So we're going to be available, send us some questions. I'm going to grab Dr. Bastian whenever I can. We've got some phenomenal female doctors working with us too that sometimes take a different angle on things. So we might grab them and uh, we're just happy to, to have you with us. Have a great day.